1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP-01005. Sports
2: day for Kia. The all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Welcome to
1: Sports Day. A massive show coming your way tonight. And, of course, the hot topic is who's going to win the AFL Grand Final. Now, we've got a couple of cartons of Spinifex beer to give away tonight. So you can nominate the team you think is going to win, the number of points they're going to win by, and just to cap it off, a Norm Smith medalist, because we are going to have a chat to a couple of them through the course of the program tonight. In fact, just before 7 o'clock, we're going to have a chat to Ryan O'Keefe, premiership player at the Sydney Swans, And just out of 7 o'clock, we're going to have a chat to Jimmy Bartell. Brendan Hosking, who'll make his debut as an AFL grand final umpire, uh, as a a grand final umpire. Jude Bolton will join us. Uh, He is another Sydney Swans legend. 325 games, of course, he played. And he played in the last premiership in 2012. But he also goes back to the flag that he won against West Coast back in 2005. Guy McKenna will join us tonight. And our very first guest coming up uh, straight after our second break is going to be Craig McRae. So if you want to join in, you need to join in swiftly right now. One double three eight eighty two. Thanks to Polaris. Polaris Australia's number one selling side by side brand. And I'm with uh, Paul Heath tonight. And Heater, there is so much news bubbling around, mate, uh, in all sport. But uh,
3: who's your tip for the grand final? Uh, still leaning towards Geelong at the moment, Carl. Thank you very much for the warm welcome. Uh, excited that you're over there, mate. And uh, also, by the way, Steve, Mark, Muzza, Gary and Todd are already in the draw for our nearest to the pin. So get involved and join those guys on eight eighty two. But, Carl, what's the vibe like over in Melbourne? How's it been?
1: Uh, It's been pretty good. I uh, didn't get a chance to see the parade because I was still in the sky, but uh, from what I'm told, it uh, went off okay, a lot different to what it's been in previous years. And because of COVID and they wanted to do it a little bit more safely and uh, allow the players to have their moment, but not so much in amongst uh, thousands and thousands of fans. So it was done actually down the Yarrow River, which is something that I hadn't seen and have not been part of, but uh, apparently it went off without a
3: hitch, which is good no one fell in so that's the main thing and i believe the uh, long kick is uh back in vogue as well so they'll be uh, doing that across the area at some point across the weekend but yeah very important to see everyone out there today and just the build up to the game it's almost reaching that anticipation point i i can't wait for it to get underway carl uh, thanks to the Butcher Butchering Company Valley
1: Spring Lamb. So join in if uh, you would like to stake a claim for a couple of cartons of beer here on Sports Day tonight. Uh, Daniel McStay has uh, chosen to explore his options as a free agent. In fact, an unrestricted free agent, which makes it even better. He spent nine years at the Brisbane Lions. He's 26 years of age, and most likely he to spend uh, his uh, the rest of his career back in
3: Victoria to be close to the family. It's interesting to hear uh, exploring options when we have sort of had him pegged as a Collingwood player, perhaps from next year onwards. So, yeah, a great uh, little bit of service with the Brisbane Lions, but uh, he's looking for the next opportunity. And when you're at that stage in your career and you can go out to a free agency like that, why not explore your options and see what's out there?
1: Norm Smith medal panel has been announced. Uh, Andrew McLeod is the chairperson. You've got Jonathan Brown, Abby Holmes, Michael Gleeson, and David Mundy has been appointed with the all-important role of picking the best player in the grand final tomorrow. Now, if there is a tie, the chairperson's vote a Votes cast will break that tie. So if Andrew McLeod, for example, goes for uh, the bloke that I'm going to tip in, Callum Mills to win the, the 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 medal. So if he goes Mills three, Franklin two, Warner one, it means that the tie. If it's a tie break, then it means that uh, Mills would win the award. Let's go to the calls. Uh, let's get into nearest the pin. Joining in is Aaron from Heathridge. G'day, Aaron.
4: Yeah. Hi. How you going, guys? All right, yeah, I'm going to go with Sydney by 12 points and I'm going to go with uh, Callum Mills. Oh, Sydney
3: pretty popular, 12 Carl. Mills. Uh, uh, what was that, Her yeah. Sounds pretty popular.
1: Uh, yeah, well, it's very right. popular for me. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> mind it at all. Are you a Swan supporter, Aaron?
5: No, I'm not. I'm an Eagle, but I just wanted to uh give a big
4: shout-out to all those flag mantle supporters out there. I bet you're going really well.
3: Yeah, my tattoo looks good. Thank you, uh, Aaron. So I'll, uh, be enjoying that and, uh, looking forward to next season, mate. Yeah. Good stuff. Good
1: on, good on you, Aaron. Uh, let's go to Daryl in Kingsley. G'day, Darryl. Good evening. Um,
5: I'd like to get
1: Sydney by nine points and Paddy McCartney for the North Smiths. Sydney, ooh, that's a, that's a bit of a, a roughy, but, um, look, he's gonna have to do a job and, most likely that job is going to be on Tommy Hawkins. If he can quell the influence of Hawkins and they get the job done, Darrell, you might well be on the money, but it'll be amazing for Paddy McCartan, where he was, to actually come back, to get an opportunity at the Sydney Swans, to earn himself a new contract, to make it to a grand final. Uh, with all of those concussions and the issues, he goes to America. He finds out, and Brad Shepard told me this story, that he wasn't actually suffering from concussion. It was something else. And I'd really love to, to, um, get Patty on after the grand final and actually find out a little bit more about it. But, um, quite an amazing story. As we head to Don in Spearwood. G'day, Donny.
5: Good evening, boys. I, uh, my son-in-law, uh, won't be happy. I said to him a few
6: weeks ago, Carl, <laughs> I said, uh, Winner is going to come out of Sydney and uh, and Collinwood, the Premiers. And they'll be picking Sydney by 17 and young uh,
4: Nick Blakey to win Norm Smith.
1: Oh, so he wants some run from half back. Well, that'll be interesting. Hayden, what do you reckon?
3: Yeah, good call. Um, We're really getting across. I don't think we've had a double up yet, Carl. We've had Dangerwood, Papley, Cameron, Buddy, Duncan, Mills, McCartan and and, and Blakey now. So yeah, really uh, across the board here and uh, yeah, looking good at the moment, but still leaning towards Geelong myself. No
1: love for... Yeah, well, no love for Geelong yet. Uh, now, yet, the 2023 yeah. Super Rugby Pacific draw will be announced on Sunday. Uh, don't forget the WAFL match between Fremantle and Claremont, uh, the winner to advance to the grand final to take on West Perth. And the West Australian Football Commission announced four new inductees into the WA Football Hall of Fame today. Stephen Curtis, uh, he played 354 games, 215 with East Perth, 125 with Port Adelaide, 13 for WA, one for South Australia. Jeff Farmer has been inducted uh, 269 games, 537 goals, 118 games with Melbourne, 131 with Friar, a couple of games for WA and, of course, 18 games with South Fremantle. Michael Mitchell, a bloke who... I played against and, uh, gee, I'll tell you what, uh, that uh, high mark he took for Dudley Way in one of the eight games that he played, 178 games, 250 goals, and Shane Woden, who also was inducted today. So congratulations to each and every one of those individuals. And don't forget Australia taking on India tonight. That match gets underway around 11.30 p.m. as we head to Dave in Kingsley. G'day, Dave. Fellas, how are you? Good, mate. Boris and Jacko. All right, you've got
6: your tips. You know who you think's going to win?
1: Yep, who do you think's going to win? Quick.
6: Geelong and Margin? Yep.
7: yep, yep. It's tickety-boo. I mean, the top two teams that have <laughs> yeah, come through.
6: Yeah, give, through us, give us your team. Margin.
1: Give us your Margin, quick, because we got heaps of calls. Yeah, I bet. Uh I'm going for uh, Wayne Carey, J- eighteen. <laughs> okay, 18. All okay. right. So thanks, thanks, Dave. Uh, let's go to Dom quick. Dom, hello, mate.
5: Hi guys. Geelong by 34 points. Jeremy Cameron to win the Norm Smith.
1: Oh yeah. yes. Well, if he if they win by thirty four, he's kicking five. We're going to clear a break on the other side. Roscoe, Shane, you're first in the queue. One double three eight eighty two. This is Sports Day in our hot topic, which is the AFL Grand Final. Thanks to Polaris. Thank you, Australia, for making Polaris Australia's number one selling side by side brand. Twenty one years in a row. And to the Dardanut Butchering Company for their great support. That Valley Spring Lamb available at WA's best
2: restaurants, hotels, and cafes. We'll be back in a moment. Sports Day for Kia. The all new Kia Nero available. available. Available in hybrid or all electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot.
1: Now, thanks uh, to Polaris. Uh, we had a good result in the girls' uh, cricket today at the Wacker. They defeated the ACT Meteors. Eight wickets at uh, the Wacker ground. Alana King taking five for 12. And Chloe Papara, the skipper, making 75 from 95. Not out. Two for 147 after the ACT. Got off to a good start. None for 55. All out for 143. Uh, tonight in the NRL, North Queensland take on Parramatta for the right to progress. And we've got uh, the boys in action defending their Marsh Cup uh, on Sunday. That game gets underway against Victoria over here on the East Coast. Uh, hey,
3: now let's go back to the calls. Who have
1: we got next? Let's
3: get into it. Roscoe from Fremantle. Let's uh, hear your tip, mate. Carl, yes. Uh,
1: look, I've
4: Uh, I'd say Sydney by eight points and Parker to win the Norm Smith. But just quickly, Carl, won't hold you for one second. You've been riding the fishing game for a long, long time. I reckon you could trawl up and down the Yarra for a week. The only thing you'd
5: ever catch is a turd. Have a good night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very good, Ross, Let's go to Shane. Hello, Shane.
5: Yeah, Jalen. Geelong by 19 and
8: Dangerfield.
1: For the norm smith right yeah. i love the 19 i like that number and uh, <laughs> oh, i
3: love danger uh, he was very very good heater wasn't he last week eh? Hey? oh exceptional if he can get you know three quarters of the way to that he'll be well in the running for that norm smith on saturday uh coming up next uh, we move into christian from innerloo g'day christian
9: uh cats by 29 and mitch
3: duncan Lovely stuff. Very simple. Well done, Christian. Appreciate that. And uh, also, let's uh, get on to Owen, who's going to join us here. How are you, uh, Owen?
4: Um, I think the Cats by nine and Mitch Duncan to win the Norm's Smith.
1: Now, don't, uh, do, uh, Owen, did I see you at the, uh, at the convention centre on the weekend at all, by any chance?
9: No, I don't think so.
1: No, you won't I'm 11. There, I, don't,
9: I don't think yeah, no. you would have seen
0: me.
1: No, no. Well, there was a few kids that came up and said good day to me at uh, the Perth Convention Exhibition Centre with the oh, Perth Boat Show on the weekend. So I just, um, I was just trying to reflect on all of the names that have been buzzing around in my head, mate. But uh, you weren't one of them. That's okay. Uh, thank you for listening to Six PR and good luck. And you might have to give the beer to your dad if you win. Is that okay?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, I reckon Dad will be happy. Hopefully he's driving, right? Uh, let's go Let's go to Lisa. Thank you, Owen. Let's go to Lisa out there in Ellenbrook. Hello, Lisa.
0: Hi, guys. Um, yeah, before I get on to my tip, um, boys, back in 2007, we went over for the grand final and watched um, Geelong annihilate Port Adelaide, and we went down, down the era, and it was absolutely disgusting. That was murky brown. There was rubbish everywhere. So I hope that was all sort of cleaned up when um, when they went down the arrow today. So, um, mm. yeah. Anyway, my tip is um, I'm going for, to, for Sydney by 15 points and um, Callum Mills for my Norm Smith medalist.
1: All right. Good on your lease. Well, they were in boats today. and
3: uh, <laughs> were swimming. As Roscoe yeah. said. Eh? Hey? They weren't swimming, so, you know, it, it should be okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, well, let's hope so. And, uh, as Roscoe said, he said, uh, he won't catch much. Uh, Daniel, hello.
0: Um,
7: Sydney by three points with Warner as the Norm Smith. Oh,
1: Sydney three and the West Aussie. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, it's at the moment, it's pretty much in the balance either. I reckon there's probably been more yeah. going for Sydney actually
3: still than Geelong. I think Sydney might just have the uh, advantage here, but I'll uh, do some quick maths in a second. And just a score update, Carl, from that NRL preliminary final that you mentioned before, the Cowboys have just scored and they've got the score back to 12-10. The Eagles currently leading by two points, uh, about 10 minutes left in the first half there.
1: Alright, uh, we'll keep you up to date uh, 133882 as we roll through Sports Day tonight, uh, if you've only just jumped in your car, wing your way home from a hard day's work, um, hot topic uh, nearest the pin tonight, if you want to call in make a nomination, name the team name the margin, name the Norm Smith medalist uh, and that is our hot topic thanks to the Darnut Butchering Valley Spring Lamb of WA's best restaurants, hotels and cafes Craig McRae is going to join us out of the next break, so you've only got a couple of minutes to get involved, uh, we're also going to have a Chat to Ryan O'Keefe in this first hour. For you Geelong fans and really um, football lovers because Jimmy bartel has been a sensational player. He's a three-time premiership player at Geelong. He won a Norm Smith me- uh, medal back in 2011. And Brendan Hosking, I just wonder how he's feeling in <laughs> his maiden grand final. Hey, it's uh, going to be nice to catch up with him after 7 o'clock tonight.
3: He must be very excited, Carl. We saw the video during the week as well when he, uh, the news broken to him. So about 200 games into his umpiring career, he gets the uh, great honour of uh, being an AFL Grand Final umpire. He'll be well supported as well with uh, his uh, co-team there. Very experienced umpires joining him on Saturday
1: absolutely now of course uh, the big uh, news that is bubbling away under the surface uh, which we won't be talking about much throughout the course of the rest of the night to be honest because we wanted to just keep it on the grand final but uh, that is what has unfolded so far at uh, the Hawthorne uh, Football Club now of course uh, some people and I just heard um, with uh, Gibbo and Gary said and Joe and they were talking about why haven't the individuals that have named the other individuals being named in this sort of scenario? Well, it uh, it is a good question, um, but at the end of the day, it's one thing that I would think that will come out in the fullness of time. Uh, at the moment, we have, unfortunately, some names that uh, are going to have to uh, go through uh, the process, and, and let's hope that it is a fair and proper process, and let's hope that it is uh, done and dusted uh, sooner rather than later. One double three eight eighty two. We've got a couple of quick calls to get to just ahead of our break. Uh, Phil's going to join us. G'day, Phil.
5: G'day, boys. Ge- Geelong by um eighteen points, and they are dangerfield to win the North Smith.
3: Phil, um, we need a different margin, mate. We've already had eighteen. Uh, Have you got 19, another one
5: in you? Nineteen. 19. Uh, we've had 19. 19
3: as well, sorry. Uh,
5: about 17. <laughs> 17 looks a <laughs> goer.
3: Yep, we got it. And uh, who was your tip for Norm Smith, mate? Danger, danger, danger. Uh, okay, Dangerfield. Yeah. All right, so that moves Geelong ahead 9 to 8 so far, Carl. But we might get even back up here with Michael and Pearsall. Uh, good evening, Michael.
7: Good morning. Good afternoon, boys. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, you won't get me with the Swans. I'll go Geelong by 62 and Hawkins to win yeah. So long
1: by 62. Well, if they're winning by 62, Hawkins is kicking seven or eight, Michael. So uh, that is a big, big tip, mate. And uh, I do wish you very, very well uh, with that one. Uh, as, to, as to whether that uh, pans out and is true, we'll have to wait and see. Look, for those that want to know, I am going for Sydney. And I am going for Sydney by 19 points. And I am going for Callum Mills to win the Norm Smith medal. So Sydney... Nineteen points, Mills to win the medal. Did anyone have that? Sydney,
3: nineteen. Yeah. No. Mills. No. Perfect. Perfect. Safe with that. I, yep. Yeah.
1: Now that's good. You uh, might win a carton
3: of beer, mate. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much. So, so the previous, <laughs> the, the the previous guy that went for no, Geelong by nineteen, they also had Dangerfield to win uh, the Norm Smith Medal, did they? Yes. Really? Exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. That. That. That's uh, that's unbelievable. All right, right, got to get to a break. On the other side of that break, we are going to get to our first guest. Uh, his name is Craig McCrae, He's Coach of the Year as judged by the Coaches Association. Back soon here on Sports Day.
2: Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Welcome back to
1: Sports Day. Fantastic to have your company and wonderful to have uh, in advance of the AFL Grand Final the coach of the Collingwood Magpies. But he's also a premiership player, of course, with the Brisbane Lions. And we're going to roll a bit of both in tonight. And, of course, he was judged the AFL Coaches Association Coach of the Year. Craig McRae is the man we're talking about and he joins us here on Sports Day. Craig, welcome, mate. Uh, Congratulations on the award.
7: Yeah, thanks, Carl. uh, A lot's happened since I uh, spoke to you. Last time, uh, it's been been an amazing year and uh, very humbled by the
1: award. What a year uh, and what a ride. And look, there's a lot of my friends who have uh, been walking the streets in Perth and been saying, we actually like Collingwood this year. Uh, (laughs) Just the way that you played and uh, they had so much freedom. I mean, just take us inside your thought process on how the year panned out.
7: Yeah, it's been. A, uh, you're not the first to say that a few have liked Collingwood more than they used to. I'm. Um, I i do not know. I think we uh, people admire teams. I, I know I do. We're looking at other, other sports around the world, I admire teams that just have a crack or or never give up, and, and they're exciting to play. And I think our brand this year has sort of presented all of that. Um, you know, our last game of the year, we're down by 36 points at, um, against Sydney last week, and our boys just didn't want to give in. And yeah, I've just. Uh, open up the shackles a little bit with the group and you know, we get a little bit behind on the scoreboard. So well let's just let's just go for it, you know, what, what do we want to lose here? I'd rather lose my ten goals and you know, I remember one game at half time, I said, We're playing boring. I don't want to coach a team that's boring, so let's uh let's go for it and have some fun while doing it and uh, this group's really embraced that.
3: Big fan of the philosophies, Craig, uh, in coaching and also in life. Uh, the OK to make mistakes one is something that stuck with me from last weekend. H- how did you learn that yourself or who passed that on to you to uh, take that on in your life and also coaching?
7: Um, well, just a bit of a glass half full guy and, and you know, particularly coaching at the VFL a few years ago, I just embraced the mistakes and accept it's going to happen. You know? You know, I have to think you're going to go into a game and not make one, and, and it's okay. And I, I think maybe too often our, our players tighten up under pressure, or, you know, as athletes, you sort of like, oh, I made a mistake, and then you stay in that moment for too long. And, yeah, I'm a big big uh, advocate on, you know, go for it, make a mistake, and then hey, fix it. It's okay to make a mistake, but it's what you do next. And I've just been preaching that all year to our group that, you know, we, if anything, I want you to make more mistakes, because we're just going to grow and learn faster by doing it. So. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not sure where it's come from, but certainly uh, this this group in particular embraced it.
3: And as far as passing it on to a group in, you know, such a wide uh, age range of, and group of guys, is there a, a difficulty in passing along a message in that way or is it quite easy to get across a philosophy like that?
7: Oh, no, I get quite, quite animated when they don't. Like, you know, if you know, I want to reward it when it happens, but if it's not happening, I'll just start to, you know, raise my vocal cords a bit. So we don't want to be that team. Come on, you're better than that. Let's... Um, yeah, get get on with it. Like I think in the in the final last week, a couple of guys gave away fifties, and it wasn't the fact they gave away fifty because you know things happen in in life and you know, make mistakes, whatever. But then they just stood there and watched the guy run down the field and pass it and go inside fifty. Well, he's still fifty minutes behind the player. I said, come on, that's not good enough. So I think there's a, a level of accountability to it. I'm I'm probably more of a five positives to one negative guy anyway, but yeah, mostly reward the behaviour and then try to make it grow.
1: So let's reflect back now, mate, to that little bloke who was born in South Australia, who played for <laughs> Glenelg, who got picked up by the Brizzy Lions, uh, or the Brizzy Bears, as they were back then, I think, fleet yeah, yeah. or fly, yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah. You oh, know, yeah, fly. Um, the, yeah, the fly. Yeah, the um, now, now it was the old Bears, wasn't it? That's amazing. I mean, nineteen ninety-three yeah. in that pre-season draft, and then to to actually endure the early days, which weren't that good. Let's face it. But then to <laughs> yeah. get to play in three grand finals, back to back to back. I mean, that was just unbelievable and let's face it, mate, you're one of only two clubs that have been able to achieve that feat since the game went national.
7: Yeah, yeah, and I remember saying I was a massive fan of, of you guys and watching you do your thing, Carl, and um, through that era, that, like growing up in South Australia, you, you mentioned like as a young 16, 17-year-old you're watching, you know, the grand finals and, you know, the Cats and all these other teams that are around at that time and I was a Carlton fan and watching Stephen Kernan, South Australian greats, go over there and Craig Bradley's, and it's just trying to aspire to be something. And get uh, a little skinny lad running around the wing at Glenelg, got picked up by the Bears. and um, yeah, The Bears had achieved nothing and, and was always a, a sense of um, trying to find ourselves, a discovery. And I got there in 95 in the end, and, and we actually made the final that year, um, my first year. So we were just a, a young Michael Voss and a young Acker and a young Nigel Lapp and a Chris Scott. These guys were all... And Justin leverage, we're all starting out together, and then, yeah, who who would have thought? You know, ten years later, we we finish our careers with with three premierships in a row. It was um, yeah, it's quite an incredible journey. We actually got a reunion on Sunday. Um, Martin Pike is organised it, which should be fun. And we um, everybody, <laughs> oh, yeah. everybody's in. Yeah, Pikey's organising it. He's I didn't think he was capable, but he's got he created this WhatsApp group, and every player, doctor, physio, um, support staff, coaches, have all joined up, and everyone's going to be here on Sunday. So. It
1: could be an incredible turnout. I used to love Pikey because after games, when you headed out west, uh, he used to come and catch up, and we used to go out, and uh, that's what it used to be like. We used to go at it hard for a couple of hours, and then be able to have yep. a drink together. I know the game has changed so much these days, but just one story about Pikey—he he was ahead of his time, I reckon, because he actually <laughs> used to—you used to—and you can you can maybe um, back me up here, but he used to actually put his GPS on his dog and hit the tennis ball around. <laughs> That is so. That's a true story. Yeah, we, we it's actually, a true story.
7: Uh, well, well, it was a heart rate monitor, I think it was, and he had to <laughs> he had to record your sessions. <laughs>
5: and he, he's
7: recorded a session with his dog on it, and there's this <laughs> ridiculous heart rate that's not human, and uh, he got yeah. caught out. I think, he, I think he's outsmarting it, but he, <laughs> that is a true story.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 White, mate, is a, another great story. I mean, he was a, he was a bloke um, who I got to spend some time with, and such a such a wonderful character, and the way that uh, he was able to turn his life around. I mean, he had some really tough times early, but he turned into a wonderful footballer.
7: Yeah, yeah, White well, is one of those great players, teammates, and yeah, played. He was sort of there a few years before me, and had to go through that hard time, which you mentioned at Carrara, and. Um, oh look we had so many great players. Like, just Chris Johnson was an amazing player and even a guy like Marcus Ashcroft, was he played three hundred odd games and he was, you know, top two or three best in Paris with you know, ten years. In the end he was just a half tagger, And like and Sean Hart and North Smith Mellis, and there's a lot of players, Luke Power and Simon Black. Yeah, I I am looking forward to Sunday to catch up with those guys. I, a lot of us are old and grey now, but still the memories are really, really thick.
1: Yeah, the the unfortunate part is, I mean, we've got a race day in a couple of weeks' time, uh, Craig, and I must say, we all turn into, like, sort of 18 to 20-year-olds again. It's just amazing how quickly (laughs) that happens. And, uh, you know, like, Jonathan Brown was a bloke who I think that when you reflect back to your time, he was, like, the big bloke that sort of set the standard when it came to the hardness. Is is that right or not? I mean, because looking in from the outside, that's how it seemed to be.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was uh, only telling the story the other day that um, he would grab me before the game, and this is a, Just remember, he was only 19, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one when he was winning his premierships. Um, so he, he's he's a, he'd become a lot bigger again. But I was um, before the game. He called me my little mate. Come here, my little mate. And this is and I was pretty <laughs> bouncy and, and and chirpy. I'd had a little, you know a lot of fun and smiling a and lot. He goes, come here, my little mate. Now just remember, run your run your opponent by me before the bounce. <laughs> So I'd grab my, you know, get out of the ground and you warming up, and there's a bit of argy bargy, and anyway, I get my opponent. He's trying to bump into him as just start running from one side of the fifty to the other, and the brownie just sent out forward, and I'd run past him, and all I'd hear was like, <laughs> And I just look back, and there's my opponent on the ground, he's just giving a little drive by, and he did this about sixty or seventy games, <laughs> yeah. every first bounce. Uh, so he, yeah, he's incredible. Um, uh, figure it, we actually had to take him out of the competitive drills. Lee took him out because he was actually hurting his own teammates, so um yeah no he's he was a great player.
3: We mentioned it yesterday as part of our on this day segment, Craig, but I believe we owe you a happy birthday for yesterday, mate.
7: yeah, that was yesterday yeah we yeah. don't count our birthdays when you get to <laughs> oh, <okay.
3: laughs> how did you, how did you spend the day
7: uh, well a long long um day with the family, which this job is um all encompassing and yeah, it's been a full-on week with uh, exit interviews and and delistings, and then uh, trying to you know, get the get the next part in order. And um, Thursday was a day off to spend with the family, and yeah, really enjoyed it.
3: And well, during the week after we saw um, your penchant for wearing pajamas, has Peter Alexander or anyone <laughs> been in touch, mode to uh, hook you up with a contract?
7: I'm just trying to be myself, and uh, yeah, there was a, there was a ability not to uh, just to have a little 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 part of myself just exposed. I've realised uh, i realized i they, they caught the camera and there's a little bit more skin than I thought I'd show. And <laughs> my skinnings weren't as great as I'd, I'd like. So I'd probably I probably revisit I wouldn't have done it.
1: Uh, well, one thing I can say, mate, is when I look into the crystal ball and uh, if you can repeat uh, what you did this year and get that a little bit better, um, it might be a nice 50th birthday present uh, coming your way <laughs> in September next season. Thank you very much for sharing some time with us tonight, mate. Enjoy the grand final and uh, take care.
7: Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure.
1: Good on you, Craig McRae, joining us here on Sports Day. Fantastic to have the Collingwood coach uh, and, as I said, a a legend of the Brisbane Lions Football Club, winning those three premierships, 2001 to 2003. And, of course, uh, in his time so far at Collingwood, Uh, 17 and 8, 17 wins and 8 losses to kick off his career. So pretty awesome stuff as we clear a break. On the other side, we're going to come back and we are going to turn our attention to another grand finalist and he comes out of the Sydney Swans and his name is Ryan O'Keefe. He went on to win a Norm Smith medal. In fact, our two guests coming your way next are both Norm Smith medalists. We're going to have a chat to Ryan O'Keefe prior to the news and Jimmy Bartell from Geelong straight out of the news here on Sports Day.
2: Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor project sorted at Toolkit Depot.
1: Nice to have your company here on Sports Day. Looking forward to tomorrow's grand final and a man who knows what it's like to get out there and win for his team, Norm Smith medalist. Back in 2012, the last premiership that was won by the Sydney Swans under coach John Longmire is Ryan O'Keefe and I'm happy to say that he joins us here on Sports Day. Ryan, welcome, mate. Congratulations on what you've achieved in the past. Uh, how are you feeling heading to the grand final?
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to be on and good to have a chat.
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's
9: exciting times, and it's, the buzz in Sydney is absolutely fantastic. The whole the whole city's behind the team, and um, really excited, and pretty positive about their their chances. And yeah, I think if you look at their form over the last month, you could say they're the form team of the comp.
1: What a career you had, and mate, I've got to talk about those grand finals, of course, that you participated in, because 2012 was your second grand final, but your first under rosie in 2005, and of course went so close in '06. Those two epic grand finals against West Coast, they're, they're a couple that really stick in my mind, mate, because of the arm wrestles, the Dow contest that they were.
9: Oh, they were fantastic, and not just the grand finals, I think the finals and all the other games we played, I think there was a I think there a stat there. It was about eight games we played amongst ourselves and it was maybe a 16-point total difference. So that, we always knew that it was going to be a great battle and we, we enjoyed them and I bet you the West Coast boys did too.
3: The two flags, Ryan, uh, 2005, the drought-breaking one, and two, uh, 2012, you're in a different sort of uh, position in your career. Uh, do they sit on the same sort of shelf as far as achievements go or is there one that's a little bit sweeter than the other?
9: <laughs> oh, look, yeah, no, they're pretty... They're, yeah they're both up there, but they are both different in terms of uh yeah the drought was just a huge a huge thing for the club and the supporters that have been you know supporting the team for so many years and what it meant to them that that was really humbling um uh, people that had been following the the side their whole life and never thought they'd ever see it um you know people in the, in, the, in their in their seventies um so yeah that that was fantastic and then twenty twelve was uh yeah it was you know I was obviously a bit different in my a bit further along my career probably enjoyed the week and the build up um probably a lot more and and knew what to expect and was probably a little bit more business like and knew what we had to achieve and went about and did it um but uh, yeah, that was that was a fantastic, fantastic time. There. It's like picking between your children; it's too hard. <laughs> uh,
3: looking back on uh, you're saying uh, the Swans have pretty much been the form team for the last little bit of the end of the season. Their, their whole season as a body of work, uh, how they've built and uh, uh, got up into the grand final. Uh, how have you seen the progression of this uh, this uh, Sydney team? Yeah,
9: look, I think it started last year. To be honest, the young players that probably um, had a breakout season last year, and everyone started talking about them. When you're looking at your Chad Warner, uh, Errol Goulden, you know, Rob these young players coming through, they were playing some really good footy last year, and probably just sort of was a little bit inconsistent and 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 died out towards the end of this uh, end of the season, but. They've built on that foundation from last year and taken it again, and they've got more games under them playing together. And and as everyone knows, you get a good crop of young players that start to play that 20, 30, 50 games together. It starts to gel, and they've got a, r- a real sprinkle of experience that has come that has come in. And guys like you know Luke Parker and Sam Reed, probably the, the season of his career, um, has been able to you know really help guide that team. And, sh- and they've played some really really good footy
1: what about lance franklin mate uh, he's recommitted to your club which is nice it's a nice little announcement uh, on the eve of a grand final but a lot thought that he wouldn't make it to the end of his contract and he has and he's still playing pretty good footy
9: yeah look he's um he's yeah he's definitely still playing good footy um that, that's for sure and yeah you know, he's probably missed a few games along the journey but um he's been able to you know where he is now, play good footy and earn, obviously earn another year, um, which is which is great for the club. And look, I think it's good to get it over and done with to stop any speculation, so they can get on with business this week. Um, but look, there's some really exciting young players that hopefully learn um, learn their forward craft um, with him being there.
1: I think that when you have a look at uh, the, the wealth of experience, I reckon there's probably going to be, off the top of my head, 11 30-year-olds uh, running out onto the field, maybe 12 for Geelong on the weekend. I think there's going to be two. And, and you talk about those younger players. It's been quite amazing how, how good Sydney have been able to very quickly turn the wheel, probably quicker, to be perfectly honest, Ryan, than a lot of other clubs. What do you reckon the secret is? Oh, look,
9: if you look across the, the journey, it's no secret that it's about having a good system. Um, and when you've got a good system, it doesn't matter what players are in there. If they come in and play that role in that system, it's generally pretty successful. And if you see the teams that have played a lot of finals over the last 20 years, they have a very similar consistent system that they, they keep going to. And whoever, whatever player comes into it, just keeps keeps adding to it. So, look, I think... They've got, they got the confidence they're playing really well. I think the addition of Don Pike to the coaching staff really added that um, attacking flair in their ball movement. And I think that off the back of the you know, the really contested the defensive mindset that, um, that John has as his philosophy to have Don to add that little bit of an um, attacking piece to it in their ball movement has made him a pretty formidable opposition.
3: It's fair to say the footy's changed since you've hung up the boots, Ryan. Uh, how do you think you'd go these days?
9: Oh, yeah, it's changed, but it hasn't. I think the winning, winning your own ball, winning the, the, the contest, is still the, the key to it. So um, I think that hasn't changed about the game. Uh, and and obviously being clean and skilled. Like if you if you turn the ball over, teams kill you on the on the on the on the turnover. So if you if you can win your own ball and use it, I think you still go. It Doesn't matter what area you're playing.
1: Uh, when it comes to the game on Saturday, uh, where are you going to be watching it from?
9: Yeah, be watching it there. So it'll be uh, plenty of plenty of red and white, and everyone's doing the pilgrimage um, south of the border. So it's going to be it's going to be exciting, and I think uh, what Swans have a huge Melbourne membership as well. So. I think that's always been, been a good part of the, the Swans is that they have a huge Melbourne membership and when you go down there, it feels like a home game anyway.
1: We're going to be having a chat to a bloke by the name of Jude Bolton a little bit later on in the show. Uh, you got anything for us about him? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
9: but, well, probably a few things. Probably, <laughs> probably could put it on the radio, I suppose. <laughs> no, <laughs> Bolton's one of the legends of the club and... and yeah, I was you know lucky enough playing but you know both those premierships with him along with Adam and then Lewis Roberts Thompson. So, and that's that's something you know it's a bond you have for life, um, as you know, Carl as well. That you know, you just when you have reunions and you catch up, it's just like you're you're still in the change room chatting to your mates.
1: Yeah, well, I hear you're going to have a big reunion tomorrow night. So, mate, you enjoy that. Uh, and uh, we've got one coming up in a couple of weeks over here at the races. So we'll enjoy that, mate. And uh, we'll try not to turn in eight, into 18-year-olds, as generally uh, happens a lot of the time. Thank you very much for the time tonight, mate. Take care and enjoy the grand final. And hopefully we'll see you there. Yep, no worries. Thanks, guys. Good on you. Ryan O'Keefe joining us here on Sports Day. Nice to have him on the program. Sydney Swans legend, uh, Norm Smith medalist back in 2012. And our next guest is also a Norm Smith medalist, but he played for the opposition. His name is Jimmy Bartell. He'll join us next here on Sports Day. Spring it on with the Toolkit Depot. They've got top deals and everything you need for your next outdoor project, all at the Toolkit Depot.
2: Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot.
1: Now, out of the 7 o'clock news, another very special guest. Jimmy Bartell, of course, a Norm Smith medalist. He's going to join us here. Geelong champ on Sports Day. We're going to have a chat to Brendan Hosking, who's going to officiate in his very first AFL Grand Final, an exciting time for him, and just reward for a great season in the officiating. Uh, Jude Bolton is going to join us, Sydney Swans legend. Um, I know that the boys will be out probably having a couple of quiet ones a little bit uh, later on tonight, so it'll be nice to have a yak to Jude Bolton. Guy McKay. Kenner, one of my old sparring partners, as we continue our theme with grand final moments here on Sports Day. And we'll finish off with a chat with Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland and get the latest sports betting odds from David Short. So, all of that coming your way straight after the seven o'clock news that's next for the all new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all electric. You can
2: see more at kia.com.au. Sports Day for Kia. The all new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot.
1: Welcome back to Sports Day and fantastic to kick off this hour thanks to Repco Authorised Service, expert car service book online at Repco Authorised Service Centre, and a bloke who won a Norm Smith Medal back in 2011. Under the current day coach in his first premiership victory, Chris Scott, and here he is shooting for number two. Um, we're talking to Jimmy Bartell to kick us off in this hour. Jimmy, welcome, mate. How you going? Nice to chat.
10: Nice to chat, fellas. Yeah, um, pretty excited for everyone involved. There's still three guys who I actually um, played with in the 2011 grand final, running around out there, and of course, you know, Chris Scott back again in another grand final.
1: We had a chat to Lingy last night and uh, he talked about you in fond terms and I'm sure that you will reciprocate that. But, of course, the bloke that took over from him is Joel Selwood. Now, he may well go out in the same way that your skipper did back when you won in 2011 because, mate, he's been a remarkable captain. He's been so resilient, such a brilliant leader, such a great bloke. And what a way to finish if it is his last game.
10: Yeah, I think whenever he does decide to pull the pin. I think his career, um, it's been held in such respect and has been elevated so much that now all the the stats and the milestones, he keeps ticking off. We just keep shaking our head. But I don't think he even needs the Premiership to go out to have that big moment because his career has been so great. But um, again, another stat that comes out, 40 fortieth uh, final breaks the record and if he wins he's had more finals wins than the entire killed kilda football club's history so that just puts it into a bit of perspective for you.
3: Uh, Carl mentioned that we spoke to Lingy yesterday and he was saying in that two thousand and seven grand final that he didn't relax until probably the last five minutes or so of the game, despite the margin at, you know, every interval and how far ahead Geelong was. How how did you feel on the day and what's your memories of the week uh with winning the Brownlow medal to start it off and then finishing off with a with a premiership?
10: Yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. Of course, um, as you mentioned, um, won the Brownlow, first ever Brownlow I went to, but the club was so great. Like, we did the Tuesday press conference, you get down there, and then I was just so focused on playing in the grand final. I grew up in Geelong. I watched uh, those great Eagle sides uh, smash the Gats, as as you well know, in 92 and 94. And so, like, I was well aware of the history of Geelong Footy Club, um, you know, the nervous tension around the town. But... We're just focused on playing the game. And then um, I think when you're 90 points up at three-quarter time, I think you can enjoy a quarter of football, which um, doesn't happen too often um, in a game of footy, let alone a grand final. So I think at three-quarter time, you're looking around at your teammates. You're looking at the crowd and what you've just achieved. It's everything you've ever wanted to do in the sport.
3: I'm looking into uh, interviewing you today, Jimmy. I was uh, looking for something a little bit off the beaten track and I found a story about Ollie Henry and how he used to drop some uh, good luck letters on the morning of matches. Now, did, was there anything in, uh, you know, that inspired you along with uh, those sort of letters or was that just, you know, something that's normal around the, you know, sort of Geelong fandom? No, well,
10: Ollie and obviously his brother, Jack, are from a fantastic family in Geelong and uh, we live not far from the footy club and they're a few doors up and, you know, that obviously clearly age. they were junior footy and they were just footy mad and you know, their parents, um, Ollie and Jack's parents were you know, very active people and we'd always see them you know, out kicking the ball or, or running around uh, the streets because yeah. um, they were keen Mad Cats fans and yeah, we used to get them on the front doorstep, there was myself Joel Selwood, obviously we lived together and a couple of other teammates so uh, it's always great around Geelong you do feel the town get behind you I think people underestimate and I've I've said this a bit to a lot of people. I know Perth is a massive football city, but I, I think people underestimate how big Geelong is with football as a heartland. Um, There's 40 local football clubs. They know their football. Like You can't pull the wool over their eyes, and I think that's what's helped them sustain success because you've always got guys wanting to come back home. It's almost like a big feeder into the AFL system. If they don't end up on the Cats list, well, they sort of eventually you know finish off their career or at some stage want to come back and play for the Cats.
1: Yeah, well, you and Lingy certainly did that, and uh, you shone through, mates. And uh, winning those three premierships, 2007, 2009, 2011, was the first one the sweetest? Lingy reckons it was? Um,
10: yeah, it's hard to, how to decide. People, people ask, you know, which one's your favourite? It's like picking your favourite kid. Um, you say you love them all equally, but you don't. Um, so there, I think all different reasons for, for me, guys, is like, Seven was you felt like you were riding, like I said, the 44-year premiership drought. It was almost a friendly ride in Geelong when we won. 2009, it felt like, you know, for the players, we lost 08. Um, you know, it was pretty bitter after 08. And then we sort of, you know, galvanised. And 2011, yeah, you know, we were too old, lost the coach, lost the best player in the game, and we weren't supposed to really be challenged again under a new coach. And um, so they, they all just had a bit of a different feel about them.
1: And when you think about uh, the current team, Jimmy, and you think about the elder statesmen, I think there's going to be uh, about uh, 10 blokes that are 30-plus. There's a couple that are on the verge, right on the precipice. It's uh, it's an old team. And, you know, I, I, the banner uh, the other day, mate, where it said too old, too slow, too good, was just unbelievably sort of pertinent when you head into this grand final tomorrow.
10: I think they've been saying that about Geelong for the last 15 years, haven't they? Like, uh, they've been too old. It's about time they drop off it. And we love fun facts. Last week, if you exclude the, the subs, it was the oldest team in history to run out final on average age. So mm. they're, they're very old. They're very experienced. But they've got a good blend now. Like, they've got some young guys. You look at Close, Myers, De Koning, these, these sort of guys. They're athletic. They live up um, to what their experienced teammates do and what's expected of them. So I think they've actually got a nice blend. I think it's... It looks old on paper, but you've got to remember those old ones are generational players. We're talking Selwood, Dangerfield, Hawkins, of course. So um, they are a little bit of an exception to the rule when we're talking about old boys.
1: Yeah, well, when you're throwing Duncan and Isaac Smith and uh, the list goes on, we could talk about many more, mate. It's just remarkable. Hey, Jimmy, thank you, mate, for kicking us off this hour. We really appreciate it. Uh, It's been a big focus tonight on grand finals and premierships and um, you've certainly been a huge part of the success of the Geelong Football Club in more recent times, mate. Thank you very much for sharing some time with us tonight. Take care.
10: No, thanks, guys.
1: Good on you. Jimmy Bartell here on Sports Day. Fantastic to have him on off the top of the hour. We've got plenty more coming your way. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service. Uh, You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Speaking of grand finals, a bloke who is going to make his debut is AFL umpire Brendan
2: Hosking. He will join us next. Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Welcome
1: back to Sports Day and it is our grand final night here on the program and already we've had some great guests and we started this hour with Jimmy Bartell and now a man who is going to umpire his very first AFL grand final. He joins the experienced Matt Stevick who's shooting for number 10 and Simon Meredith who's going to umpire his eighth. But a man on debut is Brendan Hosking and he joins us here on Sports Day. Brendan, welcome mate. Congratulations. How are you feeling?
4: Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, really good. It's been, it's been a, uh, an amazing week um, since finding out on Monday. Um, you know, just obviously I've just been blown away and overwhelmed with the amount of, you know, well wishes and phone calls and text messages. But, um, yeah, it's um, been really good. And, and obviously, yeah, just looking forward to tomorrow and, um, and getting out there.
1: Brendan just for those that are tuned in tonight uh, just take us back to the start of your career when did it start and uh how much have you, have you had to endure to get to this point
4: um yeah so I debuted in 2012 um so that was obviously the same year as GWS came in the competition so I think probably my first uh, 15 games involved GWS so <laughs> I'm, I'm well acquainted to them now but um yeah, obviously, uh, this is year 11 for me. So um, to, to finally get to, um, you know, the point where every AFL umpire dreams of, um, you know, at this stage of my career has just been, um, yeah, it's been really special and it's been a long road, um, but um, yeah, it's uh, definitely worth it. All the, all the downs and all the ups that, that happen along the way, it's definitely worth it when you get to this week, absolutely.
3: Umpires always seem to have a great origin story, Brendan. Uh, how did you pick up the whistle?
4: Uh, well, I was I was playing, um, you know, junior footy um, and umpiring at the same time, and, and umpiring was obviously just a, a really good way for me to, um, you know, stay involved in the game and, and earn some money along the way. Um, and you know, from that, I've, I've just obviously got some really good lifelong friends out of it as well. Um, but yeah, then I'd, I kind of had to make the decision to whether I would continue umpiring or, or continue playing when I was um, moving into under eighteen footy, and I was still probably about four foot tall at that stage. So it was a pretty easy decision for me and, and mum was definitely happy that I chose umpiring. Um but um yeah it, it seems to have worked out um pretty good since then. So um, you know, from there obviously just went through the ranks at the local footy um at the Essendon District Footy League um in Victoria and um and then from there up to the VfL and then got my chance in the AFL which um you know the year I got on I was quite fortunate in two thousand and twelve they were um looking for there were five vacant spots on the list um, and, you know, that's, that's pretty rare. Um, so I think, um, you know, they were, they were happy to take a punt on a, on a young 22-year-old and, um, you know, I got my chance. So, yeah, here we are.
3: Along the way, um, you know, keeping your love of football involved and also still being at, you know, umpiring as well, what have you found that you love the most about umpiring or what keeps, you know, the sort of energy up to keep at, at umpiring at, at the AFL level?
4: Yeah, well, obviously, I think you know every umpire you talk to, um, you know, they, they talk about having the best seat in the house, and it's it's that's really the, the case for me. Um, you know, being out there on game day and seeing you know some of the players go about what they do and, and, and how hard they are at it, um, it's it's a, obviously a really good vantage point, point. Um, and it's also you know it's it's really challenging. So I started off as a boundary umpire. Um, you know, and, and made the transition to field umpiring and just really enjoyed the challenge that, that came with field umpiring, managing, you know, at the time when I was, you know, 15 years old or so um, and made that transition to field umpiring, managing adults out on the field and, you know, kind of gives you really good, um, you know, skills that you can transfer over to, to life. And, um, you know, I think that's that's definitely helped me out along the way as well in in the jobs that I've been in. And, um, yeah, so that's 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 definitely what I enjoy out of it.
1: Brendan Hosking, if you've just joined us here on Sports Day, AFL grand final umpire making his debut. And you can hear it in his voice as excited as he should be. Hey, mate, um, (laughs) even in your time, even in your time, there's been a lot of change. And I've often sat here in this program, and I've done it for your whole career, to be honest, mate, and spoke about how difficult your job continues to be with all the little changes, whether it be interpretation or... Um, a focus point, and we've now got stand and other things that have been recently introduced. I mean, it's it's been a moving feast for you too.
4: Yeah, I, I think um, you know that that obviously keeps us on our, on our toes, and and just this year alone, obviously, um, you know, the stuff around descent, which which has been um, really kind of uh, well implemented, and obviously seen some really good um, seen some really good uh, changes at grassroots level um, because of. Because of that, and what what we've been able to do at the AFL, um, you know. But you know, along with that, um, we've seen different interpretations with obviously the high tackle um, adjudications this year and stand in the last few years. And I think um, you know when you when you get to your preseason training and you and you start to go over the new interpretations, there's always a little bit of um, you know grace period for it to, to get to where it um, you know the. the spectators, the players, the, the fans, are, uh, you know, where they want it. Um, and I think, you know, once once that kind of um, uh, time um, goes, goes past, um, we get to a good point and it makes for a really good spectacle of the game.
1: Have you modelled yourself on anybody? I mean, I look at Matt Stevik, mate. He's uh, remarkably going to umpire his ninth grand final in a row. Yeah,
4: it's um, it's incredible. You know, just you know, this is obviously my first full final series that I've been a part of. Um, so I've done a couple of finals in the past in previous years, but um, you know, it's after going through the whole process um, for the you know fully for the first time, you, you just um, yeah really appreciate what what that involves and what that sort of dedication um, you know involves to to be at the highest. Um, level and, and to be involved in the last game of the year um, for that um, for that period of time, but I think you know, like like every young umpire, you know, you get on the list. And when I was when I got onto the list, obviously, and there's still a few around, like Brady Rosebury, obviously Matt Stevic, as we mentioned, Sean Ryan, um, you know Ray Chamberlain, Chris Donlan, Simon Meredith, who I'm umpiring with on the weekend as well. I think what what you try and do is you you know you try and pick apart the best parts of them and, and try and implement them into your own game. Um, and that's what I feel like, you know, I've, I've um, been able to do. And obviously there's a lot of good parts. Some some are really good at, um, you know, whether it's management, some are really good at positioning, some are really good at running. Um, so you just try and kind of model yourself on, on their games and those really high level strengths um, and try and implement them into your own game. But, you know, like I've had plenty of good mentors along the way, um, you know, Brett Rosebery in particular, um, you know, he, he's a massive reason of why um, I'm in this position that I'm in this week. Um, you know, he's been an amazing role model for me. And, um, yeah, so really, um, really grateful
3: for that. You mentioned young umpires, um, you know, starting out and getting onto a list yourself. You mentioned the debut before, the 2012 GWS versus West Coast. Uh, any advice you'd give to that young fellow that was starting out? or And on that, uh, any advice for young umpires that are out there blowing the whistle on the weekends?
4: Oh, look, I think for me, you know, when I when I started umpiring, I didn't really set out to, to reach the level that you know that I'm going into this weekend. But I just really enjoyed um, being a part of um, you know the game in a different way. And, and um, as I said before, I've I've got some really good uh, lifelong mates out of it, and it's just such a rewarding um, you know skill and, and job to have as a young as a young person um, to develop yourself physically, uh, emotionally, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, so it, it there, no doubt, is some pretty tough stuff that, you know, I had to endure as a, as a young umpire, and that's pretty challenging. But I think if you've got the right people around you and that right support network around you and you can kind of weather those storms and navigate that, um, it's, it's such a fulfilling job. Um, it's, um, yeah, really, really good to be involved in, and um, I've got a lot out of it.
1: Good luck, mate. Thank you very much for sharing a few minutes with us the night before the big game, mate. Uh, look forward to seeing you out there.
4: Great. Thanks for love having me, guys. really appreciate it.
1: Bre- Brendan Hosking, AFL Grand Final umpire, joining us here on Sports Day as we continue our Grand Final Focus. For the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid and all-electric, you can see more at kia.com.au. Jude Bolton, Sydney Swans legend, next here on Sports Day.
2: Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Welcome back to Sports Day.
1: Fantastic to have your company here on this Friday night as we count down to the AFL Grand Final. It's Premiership Night. Uh, Every single one of our guests on the program tonight have been involved in a Premiership and, of course, uh, a few of them from the combatants. Earlier in our show, we had a chat to Ryan O'Keefe, who ran out with this man. His name is Jude Bolton, Sydney Swans legend, and he joins us here on Sports Day. Jude, welcome, mate. How are you going? Feeling good? Really well, mate. How's things? Oh, look, it's fantastic. And look, to reflect back... Go for it. And I reflect back, and I just remember uh, we had a sponsor called Scream Saver, and I remember Leo Barry launching large, and Leo Barry takes a Scream Saver. I mean, Jude, what... What a mark that was, and that's something I'm never going to forget.
6: Oh, absolutely, go! Just the um, to have a moment like that for Leo, and uh, I mean, just to to break a 72-year drought. I think um, certainly it's just etched in the the minds of all Swan supporters and and the wider footy public. It was such an incredible moment, and then you know how hotly contested those those games against West Coast were, where. You know, qualifying final, grand final, two years in a row. And and then the old days, they used to play the the grand final replay round one. And West Coast, I think, uh, Daniel Kerr kicked the winner in the last second in 07. So there's so many close games. It was uh, just a phenomenal contest.
1: And then you wind the clock forward, mate, to 2012. And I think that you would understand having gone to the 2006 grand final and working your backsides off and uh, being beaten narrowly by West Coast in that one. But then to wind the clock forward, to actually get it done again in 2012, how satisfying was that for you?
6: Yeah, for me, that was, that was you know, a really a really satisfying. And you mentioned that you have spoken to Ryan O'Keefe earlier. I think there was a couple of us from that uh, 05 victory and then to to sort of have a whole rebuild of our list. And then for four of us to, to play in that uh, 2012 grand final in Lewis, Robert Thompson, Goodzie, myself, and Ryan. And I think it's just, you know, you you feel like a bit of justification of, you know, we can, we can, we can rebuild and we can do it again and find our way to the, the pinnacle. And it's, it's just, we know how hard they are to win. You've got to be competing year in, year out at the top four. And, and even then, sometimes you're just denied the the opportunity. So it's um, oh, I think it was just really satisfying. And then you know what what to expect in the aftermath and the, the celebration. So I think I just had this smile on my face, knowing <laughs> oh look at the the youngsters that are going through their first grand final. 2005,
3: 2012, two great flags, uh, two great coaches that you had as well, due Paul Ruse and also John Longmire. Is there any major differences between the two uh, since they came into Sydney and since then?
6: Yeah, well, I think um, a lot of lot of things that uh, that uh, John Lomire was, you know, has probably fostered has been from Rusey. I mean, he sat underneath him as an assistant coach for a long, long time. So they're both great, incredible communicators, uh, great tactical coaches. But it's their ability to build rapport with the young guys as well as some of the old guys, and and be really honest with you. They're, you know, I, I sort of knew where I stood as a player throughout, and being able to have that ability to speak to players in the, the highs and lows.
3: Just back on those West Coast clashes, you don't seem like a guy that holds grudges, Jude. But if you were to hold one against a team, would it be West Coast that you, you sort of hold it against, or do you just enjoy how great those games were?
6: Yeah, a bit of both. I think time sort of healed a few wounds. I haven't, still haven't watched the 06 Grand Final. I know where I stuffed up. I know where I've missed opportunities. So, I um, know. Oh, I think I just I look back, you know, fondly with the the, the midfield that we did have to come back uh, up against. I mean, it was. Like Cortinas versus Ferraris it was. It was just like uh you know, they were incredible with Cox, Cousins, Kerb, you know, Embley, uh, Fletcher and those types. So it was um it was incredible. So Judd was just flying around and we we knew the match ups, we knew the way West Coast wanted to play and it was just um so nerve wracking going into the game, thinking, Can we get this done and can we try and shut the elements of their game down and get ourselves going? But um, uh, no, I look back fondly.
1: Incredibly, your club hadn't had uh, any 300 game players in its history. And then uh, we've already spoken to Ryan, he played 286. He didn't quite make it. But yourself, Michael O'Loughlin, Jared McVeigh, Adam Goods, blokes that you rub shoulders with so long. I mean it, mate. It was an unbelievably um, resilient group because you don't just get to 300 by chance. You need a little bit of luck, but you need to be a bloody good player.
6: Yeah, I think probably just that whole era. you know, guys would just play with injuries and just sort of get through and um, we always, I guess, operated on that. Possessions, nine-tenths of the law. Once you're in that that spot and you're in that uh, um, first 22 and uh, then you just stay there. You try and stay there and make sure you're not uh, out of the senior side. So it was always really, really tough to sort of win a spot and earn a spot at the Swans and then... Um, you know they had a lot of trust in you to to get the job done. So yeah, there was a lot of a lot of games played with all of those guys. I think I played 301 games with Goodsy. Um, you know, uh, a heap of games with Ryan and all all the way through. So um, so we're all good mates as well, which is great.
1: And does it mean that uh, you are all going to be present at the grand final? Are you making your way down to the big big game? Or well, you might well be working, yeah, given your role WhatsApp, these days. There's a
6: bit of a WhatsApp group. There's a WhatsApp group for the 05 crew and the 2012. And I think there's <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit of a catch-up. It'll be great to see all the faces and, you know, you sort of pick up where you left off. And um, same jokes from years back as well. They all seem to happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you all turn into 18 year olds. We actually spoke uh, about that to uh, Ryan a little bit earlier in the program. That it's just amazing, isn't it, how quickly you just uh, can revert back into those moments when you're with the boys?
6: (laughs) It is, yeah. There's always a bit of a pecking order. There's, uh, you know, bits and pieces. It's always pretty funny. But um, no, I think uh, just enjoy their, their company. I think that's what the, you know, I think having. A lot of the guys were from interstate previously, so you, you lived in you know, a group of guys uh, uh, and maybe a, a senior player to sort of mentor you and just formed really strong relationships. And I, think, um, and I think this current Swan side has really benefited from the hubs last year. I think they were on the road for 56 days and the Swans have a really young group. Many of them just were soaking up that opportunity to learn off the senior players and, and build that or forge that relationship.
1: And, mate, you're a Calder cannons boy. And, look, I, I regularly see you on the screen still uh, d- strutting your stuff up there in Sydney and seeing the growth of the game in Greater Western Sydney. What do you think another premiership will do if Sydney are able to achieve it on the weekend? What do you think that'll do for, you know, the the market there in Sydney, which is uh, is something that uh, we've seen growing year after year? It is. Yeah. Certainly it'll give it another huge lift forward. I think... Um, just the prelim to have a home prelim for the Swans
6: uh, was really important for the, for the game up, up in this way. And um, uh, you know, it was, it was a packed out crowd, 45,000 at the SCG, even the launch of the AFLW, which was um, about eight and a half thousand, a really good crowd at North Sydney Oval. So, you know, things are just going from strength to strength. So um, I think the, the Academy's well, you know, uh, in, in a good form where there's youngsters coming through and they can sort of Identify. Hang on. There's Callum Mills. There's Isaac i Have been there, so it feels closer. And that's that was always the the hard thing when we went into schools. They would go, oh, they knew where they knew who Pluger was, and then they would go, who are you playing against? The Sharks or something like that. And we're like, no, no, that's a that's the <laughs> NRL. We're that we're not the Cronulla Sharks. We're not the uh, St George Dragons. Um, so you'd have to sort of go from go from a really low base. But those youngsters are growing up with a Sharon in their hand. They know how to you know kick the footy and things like that. So. Um yeah, it just continues to build.
1: Joe, thank you very much for sharing a few minutes with us tonight, mate. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Take care. Fantastic. Cheers, guys. Jude Bolton there, what a star, two-time Premiership player with the Sydney Swans and 325 games, 196 lazy goals as well. He was uh, with us thanks to Kia, the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid and all-electric. You can see more at kia.com.au. And one of my old Premiership sparring partners will join us next. His name is Guy McKenna. He is next here.
2: Sports Day for Kia, the all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all electric. See more at kia.com.au and Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. Nice to have your company here on Sports Day
1: and it is our grand final night. And Guy McKenna, a bloke who played uh, at West Coast in two premierships in 1992 and 1994. And, of course, if you get down to the West Australian Museum over the next uh, couple of weeks, you'll be able to see some of the fantastic memorabilia that's been assembled there and reminisce about that wonderful premiership back in 1992. 30 years on, Bluey. Can you believe it's been 30 years, mate? Welcome.
8: Um, Well, sort of. The way I move around these days, it feels like it's 30 years, (laughs) but no, it has happened very
1: quickly. It's uh, been amazing. Uh, What are your recollections of the time back in 1992 or the day? I mean, does it still freshly sit in your mind?
8: Oh, yeah, no question, mate. And uh, and you were right in uh, the forefront of that too because, as you know, Mick made us walk across from the hotel um, to the uh, the ground at the MCG, which was staying at the Hilton, so it wasn't that far. So it wasn't like we're going to pull a muscle or anything like that. But uh, given given what had happened in '91, where we, um, you know, as, you, as we'd normally do, we stayed away from the parade. We did all the things we probably shouldn't have done, and uh, and then we jumped on a bus and then out to Waverley you go. Um, whereas this time, Mick just really wanted to just to go to the next level and uh, make us um, walk from the MCG, uh, walk from the hotel to the MCG, and Thanks, uh, thanks to you and Wisher wanting to, to punch on with some spectators um, and obviously you with your peroxided uh, blonde hair and your aggressive nature on the field. You were certainly a beacon for most of the um, the, um, the anti-West uh, Coast uh, f- uh, flack wheel copping from the fans. So uh, you sort of uh, absorbed most of it. We all sat back and watched that and then Mick sat even further back and watched us all and, uh, and as you can remember, his sort of pre-match was all around that. Us versus them mentality, and that was just another string he could pull. Of course, because we uh, we copped it, so uh, we sort of we knew we arrived, uh, which was totally different to '91, and, um, and and thank the Lord, the result was different at the end of the game as well.
1: Yeah, well, we won't start talking about flatulence tonight because uh, that could take us in all different directions, Blue, because um, there are a few moments uh, on plane trips and in meetings that that's unfolded, and uh, you are the bloke that uh, was the master of that. But when we reflect back to 1992, and we've had a chat to a couple of uh, of Norm Smith medalists tonight, I mean, that, that performance from Peter Matera, that was one out of the box, wasn't it, mate? I mean, that was a fair game, wasn't it, by Rue?
8: Um, well, I know what you're saying out of the box, because, yeah, I, was, I was actually had a function in, uh, here in Melbourne today, and um, I said, oh, gee, um, you know, Peter Matera had a decent game. I said, decent. He's he's had eight shots on goal from a wing in a grand final. <laughs> Five goals, three. Like, he had eight shots. I mean, our full forward had six and kicked, you know, it was the first time ever I reckon he's kicked six straight in his life. <laughs> uh, he's had a day out. But, um but Rue, as you say, he, he's had eight shots. I reckon he might have kicked one up the chimney too and went out of bounds on the full. I reckon. So he's had maybe nine shots on goal, but kicked five three from a wing. Like, and as you, I know what you were saying, mate, had, to, had one out of the box, but I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, and I'm sure you'd be, or you're, you're probably more dirty with Rue, mate, because he, he wouldn't look at you forwards. He'd just go straight for home half the time. But um, there were certainly games where he played, you know, well, obviously you got an enormous myth for that game, but there was other games where he was best on ground. And then he... He just reeked and smelt of, you know, like a five-goaler coming at some stage. But I don't think he ever did one during the home and away season. So, as, as you say, out of the box maybe. But you just knew it was coming. And for, for that to happen on that day, um, yeah, speaks volume of him and his professionalism. And, you know, that you know, that individual that rises to the occasion. I mean, obviously, there's some, been some stories all through the last few weeks about blokes that haven't. Sort of uh, <clears throat> quite got it made in finals, but uh, there are a huge amount of players that actually stood up, and uh, yeah, Rue certainly stood up on that day.
1: And of course, in 1993, a lot of injuries. Club didn't uh, play as well as uh, what we would have liked. But then,
8: sorry, got back yeah. There. To, so, sorry mate, to jump in there. So that's you know, for all the Melbourne supporters out there, I know we're probably talking to all West Coast people, but and not defending us in '93 and all those things you say is correct, Barry. But the other big thing that coaches. And even players, until you've had that success, you don't know how you're going to handle it. And, and I was talk, again talking to this group today, and I said, You just think about it. So a third of the group, even just working in thirds, you know, work with me here. So I said, A third come back next year hungry for the, they've had success like Melbourne, like us in 92, and I'm not disputing this may have happened with us as well. So a third of the group come back and say, How good was that? Let's get another one, which I'm sure we all looked at each other and said, That's what we're going to do. So a third come back, not. Um, in the same shape they come back in better shape because they know they have to get better because you're a premiership pl- team now or you're a premiership player. so someone wants, wants to mark their territory on you individually and then collectively they're all coming for you um and then there's the next third that are are greedy they want to come back but they come back basically the same well that's not going to cut it now because everyone else is stepping up and then there's the other third um, and I don't think you were certainly in this boat and I don't, you know, to say oh, which one who who they who they were. it's sort of across the group and there's a third that's sort of come back smoking the, the cigar with their feet up on the desk and saying, Oh, I have it resist, this is fantastic, Rue's gonna kick another five on the wing and Summer's gonna kick six straight, Vori's gonna terrorise any bloke that wants to run out of the back, all that sort of stuff and so there's a third. So when you when you do the math, there's two thirds of your group that's sort of just they're below average already. And so the the load that goes on the top third that they actually have come back wanting the more success and giving them the, every chance to be successful, they just can't end up carrying the load. And I think if you looked at Melbourne, especially this year, where ten they won 10 straight. And everyone said at the time, oh, yeah, they're not really playing too well. But then, again, I reckon that load hit halfway through the season. Yeah, 10, 10 zip becomes 10-3, becomes see you later out of the finals. And and it's, as I said, it's, the, it's a great unknown. It's the very hard thing to coach is how individuals and then groups collectively will handle success
1: brilliant mate well thank you very much for talking to us tonight uh, we appreciate it uh, enjoy your grand final day tomorrow in fact i'll see you in the morning
8: Yes, you'll see me bright and early,
1: Barry. Guy McKenna there. And if you head along to the WA Museum, you'll be able to see some of Bluey's memorabilia. Mick Malthouse, I think, has sent over his premiership medal as we celebrate 30 years on from that fantastic victory back in 1992, which was the very first premiership that the West Coast Eagles won, all at the WA Museum. Uh, We need to clear a commitment. On the other side, we're going to come back, and we are going to have a chat to... Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland and David Short from Tab Touch will give us the latest sports
2: betting markets here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Toolkit Depot. Get your spring outdoor projects sorted at Toolkit Depot. And now, thanks to
3: Racing Queensland, spring racing has arrived. We've got one of the best in the game, our Queensland racing expert, Chris Nelson, joining us on Sports Day. G'day, Chris.
5: Guys, great to be with you once again. We've got a massive weekend of racing uh, in Queensland and it's all headed by the Toowoomba Cup meeting at Toowoomba on Saturday afternoon. We have the Toowoomba Cup, of course. We have the Wheatwood Handicap, uh, which is the time-honoured sprint in the uh, in the Toowoomba region. We have the three-year-old Guineas, and we have the Shay. The Shay is always an interesting race every year because it's the first sighting we get of the new season's two-year-olds. So all of these horses going around in race three on Saturday at Toowoomba, none of them have started. Most of them have been to the barrier trial, so we've got some idea that the uh, the betting market's always the best guide. So going to be a great day. Uh, the last couple of races will probably be run under lights, but we're heading for a, a day of probably mid-20, sunshine, plenty of uh, warm weather and plenty of uh, activities on track. So looking forward to Toowoomba Cup Day. We've got plenty of other meetings uh, scattered around the place uh, over the weekend, of course. We race at... Uh, Aquis Park on the Gold Coast, of course, on Saturday. Now, let's see if we can find some winners. Toowoomba in the Cup on going race seven. That's the Cup. Number two, Seat of Power. Seat of Power was a last start Doombin winner. Amazing win. If you watch the video of this race, Wendy Peel was obviously uh, under instructions to keep this horse away from the fence. She certainly did that. She sat three wide, no cover the entire trip. Jimmy Orman will ride in the Cup on Saturday. Draws a lovely gate, and inside draw, so you won't see this one sitting wide this time. I think of Power can uh, get away with the Toowoomba Cup and make it two in a row. That's race seven, number two. The Wheatwood, uh, race eight, number three, Flying Crazy visits us from uh, New South Wales. Was good up here during the winter months. trialed up okay, ready for this, and gets a, a good gate to secure a lovely run for Brad Stewart. So I think race eight, the Wheatwood can go to number three, uh, Flying Crazy. Uh, what else? Race two, number eight, Mushiali for Tony Golan. I've tipped this one about 500 times. It's yet to win for me, but Saturday just might be the day. Draws a good gate, tick. Jimmy Orman rides, tick, and probably finds quite a, a weaker race than that's last few. So I think at around 4 or $5, Mushiali will be very hard to beat. That's race two, number eight. So there's plenty of tips, hopefully plenty of winners, and I hope everyone listening has a great weekend.
3: Fantastic, Chris. Thanks so much for the time, mate, and you. Enjoy the weekend as well. Will do. Thanks, guys. Chris Nelson there, our Racing Queensland expert. And thanks to the Queensland Spring Carnival, it's here. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for more details.
1: Good job, Peter. Now it's time to have a chat. Well, it's my turn to have a chat to David Short. Uh, thanks to Tab Touch. Uh, welcome, Shorty. How are you, mate?
0: I'm really well. Thanks, Kaji. You must be loving life. Eh? It's an exciting time of year, the grand final times.
1: Yeah, well, look, I'm here in Melbourne looking forward to the game. Uh, everything's gone off with a hit so far. But, uh, gee, I will tell you what, there's plenty of novelties and there's a Norm Smith medal that we can all get on. And, of course, you can tip a margin and you can try and pick your winner.
0: A big stuff. There are a stack of options uh, with Tab Touch. Uh, 827, to be precise. If you're looking for a bet on the game, dollar uh, 48. The cap, Sydney, 270. Money's been strong for Geelong from when the market went up last weekend. Line betting favoured way here, Geelong uh, to win by 13 or more. That's into a dollar 87. Sydney with the plus out to a dollar 93. Game total. It's at 164 and a half. You go under or over there at the dollar 90. Uh, margin 139 to 40. The draw 41 dollars. The favoured way there. Geelong one to 39 at 207. Norm Smith betting. Dangerfield our popular favourite at six dollars. Mills nine, nine fifty for Parker, ten for Cameron. Uh, the money player to this point's been Tom Stewart, thirteen into eleven. Uh, Guthrie and Heaney both at thirteen. Hawkins at fifteen. Warner eighteen. Patley, nineteen. Franklin, 21. There's been money around for Duncan. He's now a $23 chance, as is Selwood. It's 29 and upwards the rest. First goal scorer betting, 9 for Cameron and Hawkins, 11 Franklin, 12 for Heaney and Papley, along with Stengel, 14 Rowan, 17 for Dangerfield and Haywood. Have you got a pick for the Norm and the first goal scorer, Carl?
1: I've gone for Lance Franklin to kick. I reckon there's going to be a bit of romance because I've tipped Sydney. I'm going for Mills to win the Norm Smith and I'm going for Franklin to kick the first goal. There you go
0: Like it. Excellent. I might have a close look at those two going into the big game tomorrow.
1: All right. Action unfolding as we speak at Mooney Valley, but let's focus on tomorrow's racing at Rose Hill. Group one, Golden Rose to start.
0: Yeah, great race, isn't it? Uh, And in secret has been well thought of by the punters here as favourite. Three into 280. Golden Mile on the second line, 550 to 650. Jaquin at 750. Fireburn. uh, the Slipper winner, 9.50 into 9, and she's Extremes there is a $9.50 chance. Other nice races on the day, the Group 2 Golden Pendant, Espiona, the $4.80 favourite there. And in the Group 2, Shannon Stakes, Ellsberg, our $3.10 favourite in front of Surf Dance at $5 and Old Flame at five fifty.
1: Locally on Saturday, the listed Blackheart Bart Stakes.
0: Only uh, the seven runners here, but, gee, it's put together a very, very nice field. Resort Man's been the star of the winter. 3.40, firm at that quote. It's a ray day. Got that wonderful fresh card, 3 for 3. It's 4.20 out to 4.40. Comes a time, 4.60 to 4.80. Cup night at $5.00, notorious won an $8.00 chance.
1: And lastly, to round out the weekend at Sandown on Sunday, a Group 1 race, the Underwood Stakes
0: speaking of uh, quality select fields, this one certainly fits the bill. The Group One Underwood. Azaki our two dollar fifty favourite. Has been easy to back though to this point, out from two thirty five. On Thunderstruck's been the good go, three thirty into two ninety. Mr. Brightside four to four sixty. Alligator Blood seven to seven fifty. Moonga's there is a twenty one dollar chance of Group One Underwood on Sunday.
1: Brilliant, Shorty. Enjoy your grand final day tomorrow, mate. Thanks for your time.
0: Cheers, Carl. Good luck, punters
1: got on you, David Short there. Those with the touch, choose, tab touch. Better your bet, download the tab touch app today. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's help on 1800 858 858 Well, there you go. We've set the scene for you for the AFL Grand Final. I'll be back bright and early tomorrow morning for the boat dive and fishing show from 5 o'clock here on 882. Six, be able to kick off your Grand Final morning. After the break, or in fact the news that's coming up next, Russell Collette will be on your radio with the Night Shift.